Target, target. Little Toot was just a tug, just a happy harbor tug. And it came from a line of tugboats, fine and brave. And what people do is they tug on this area right here. First, there was the shake weight, which utilized a piston-like motion to build and tone muscle. Then came free flexor, a flexing dumbbell using centripetal force for an even deeper burn. Now, get ready for the next tug toner. Hi, why don't you give it a little tug? I know you're gonna be lucky. Welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Much like Robert De Niro, Matt this past week created quite the stir when he publicly shouted out, Fuck Trump. The Matt at the time was being paid to jump out of a cake at David Geffen's very private summer beach party. <laughs> Hollywood hates Trump, but not as much as they love Dick. <laughs> did you, did you, you saw De Niro, I assume. No, I've been out of town. I, I haven't been really following the news. I think Trump's, I, Trump's superpower, I, I think we both agree he's a total idiot. His one superpower is the fact that the people who hate him the most and get the most attention look like even bigger idiots than he is. Uh, De Niro looks like he's just senile at this point. Well, I was watching last night Casino, the movie. Yes. And I'm pretty certain that De Niro, like part of being a good actor, like obviously there are people that are good actors and are very intelligent, but you can be a good actor and be dumb as shit. For sure. And I think that De Niro's a good actor because he believes what he's saying like as if you told a retarded kid like to repeat something and they tried as hard as they could he's mixing math you can't tell if it's method or he's just dumb oh i think he's dumb yes i think so too he also uh i think he took a lot of blows in the head when he was filming raging bull (laughs) and so he might i mean he looks he just the, the optics of it is he looks like a senile he looks like a senile old guy and him he did this like little spastic arm raise when he said it you know and it's like you know, fuck Trump is like, okay. Like, this is the Trump benefits from having like that. Like, yeah, the people in the Antonis love it. But the rest of America goes like, oh, this guy's a bigger retard than uh, Trump is. I kind of I kind of like Trump a little well, bit Well, that's more. why Trump was democratically elected is because of that exact type yeah. of sentiment. And Hillary Clinton, all this stuff like that. Uh, this week's Last Man Earth podcast is sponsored by the makers of Kim Jong-un's car toilet. Say what you will about his horrific human rights record. There's no way to... Not to admire a man who's convinced his wife he needs a crapper in his stretch limo. So he actually has a shitter in his limo. He has a portable toilet that goes with him everywhere when he travels. Does it just, like, drain into the street? <laughs> I don't know. I'm where, assuming. I don't know where it goes. But his, the theory behind it is that he can't leave his waste product anywhere because then people could, like, the CIA might examine what's in his waste product to see what he's been consuming. What? Which actually probably is something they would <laughs> they would they would do. Uh, but that was like 1960s, maybe. That seems like a 1960s mentality. Well, it's pretty ironic because in the official state propaganda, they they espouse the the belief that he he can't take like he's never taken a shit before. Oh, is that part of the whole yeah holy thing? It's, it literally it is yes. So I don't get how you can do both. But how awesome to have a shitter in your own limo. Well, you actually could just party, and then you just need to take a dump at the back. You don't need to get out. You don't need to pull over. I don't over. even get how, <laughs> you like, to, if you told me. <laughs> you like, don't need to go to Bob's Big pull over. Well, how Bob's big, big is the car? It's a huge limo. It's like a stretch limo. So is there, like, a separate room? 
I think he's the only one who rides him back, and I think he just takes a dump when he wants to. I don't know how it works exactly, Matt. It's just which is somehow. I works. mean, I would. I well, no, like if if I had all the money in the world, it would never occur to me to to build that product. Yeah, the best part is that the uh, uh, you know he's got like hookers in the back all the time, right? So my theory on why uh, Kim Jong Un is finally submitting and, and visiting the rest of the world is because he's run out of underage, uh, attractive underage hookers in North Korea. <laughs> so he's now expanding himself to other countries. Imagine how he did in Singapore. Well, he went to college in. Um, he went to boarding in, school in Switzerland, yeah. In uh, Switzerland, okay. I thought he went to uh, university somewhere. Uh, no, I think he just went to four years. He went to Switzerland for four years. Uh, but, I, I, you know, he likes the young ladies, like really young ladies. Mm-hmm. My idea is he's run out of girls in North Korea, so now he needs to, he needs to travel abroad. Uh, I do like the fact that also he's killed most of his family members, and they still hail, hail him as a hero. Yeah, he killed his uncle. Killed his brother. Killed his half-brother. So uh, a thing I learned is like he can, he's not going to kill his sister because only men can uh, rule in North Korea. So the family line only runs through men. So the women are not a threat. So he never kills the women. He only kills the men. But the like, sister is like the sort of the brains behind the operation. Probably. Right? He's, he's not super bright. He's got a wife, too, apparently. None of them are very, none, none of them are very attractive. Uh, Matt, don't forget to become a patron of the show on Patreon.com. Patreon.com forward slash Last Men on Earth. Uh, where there will now be uh, additional material from the show. Panties in a Bunch will now appear exclusively on Patreon.com. Well, you, I'm a Patreon member, so are you, I will certainly look forward to that. Thanks to all our new patrons. Get on that shit now before it disappears. I'm closing it down at some point. At some point, you'll not be allowed to become a patron. I'm not sure why I'm doing that, but <laughs> it just sort of makes sense. If you wish to contact the show, hit us on Twitter at Last Men Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Men Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I know among your favorite professors, you have a certain number of favorite gender studies professors in this country. Like I a- took women's studies in college. Did you really? Yeah. It, it was a really good class, actually. The, uh, not uh, the stereotype you would think. The professors were super cool. They were lesbians, obviously. It was, 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 it one of those, was it one of those like uh, uh, bait and switch operations where it's like, study of pornography and you thought you're gonna get to watch porn and it was all like because we had that i remember that it was like two a two-week seminar and like pornography in our culture and you're thinking like i get credit to go watch porn but it's all like angry women explaining you how this is all like exploiting women if i'm being totally honest i thought i would look cool with the chicks in the class yeah i'm being totally yes. totally honest about that that's yeah. why i studied art history <laughs> then I, it was only later on that i learned all the girls were lesbians i had no had no interest in men uh, so you probably have all the trading cards of your favorite uh, feminist professors across the country. You rank you rank them <laughs> ranked originally. Uh, so Susanna Danuta Walters, I don't know, but that's quite a name. She's the director of Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies program at Northeastern University. Northeastern. Yes. I thought Northwestern was the uh, Northeastern is a. I've actually been there before. It's a uh, school in Boston, among like the thirty-seven schools in like on one block in Boston. <laughs> Uh, she is a, uh, f- a, a outspoken uh, gay rights activist, gen- feminist studies, gender studies, all, all the top, all the top things you want to hang out with. Uh, and she wrote a piece in the in the Washington Post, where she said, "Why?" Her the title of her piece was, "Why can't we hate men?" And she actually, I thought, in a very refreshing way, from her point of view, said that as a woman, a feminist, that men have like destroyed women through the years. They've assaulted them. They've oppressed them. The patriarchy, all this through the millennia that women should just openly hate all men. <laughs> it, got, it obviously got a lot of push. It obviously got a lot of pushback. 
But I found it, and as small-minded and, and as hateful as it sounds, I found it to be very refreshing that an angry lesbian feminist has finally said what we know they've been thinking all along. Right. It is yeah, refreshing because the subtext of half of that stuff is just <laughs> yes. a, a person with an axe to grind. Would you, wouldn't it be helpful if like a, a girl you were thinking about dating just had a T-shirt on that said, by the way, I detest all men. I hate all men. <laughs> Would that make life easier? Well, I mean, I, I have daddy. I have da- serious daddy issues. Right. I, I don't know if she realizes how, yeah, it comes off as bitter because that's obviously what it is. I, I mean, hating more or less half of humanity is, I, I, I mean, it's it's not a healthy state of mind. Obviously. Well, but Matt, she gave men an out that if men want to apologize for all the millennia of oppression, which we should all apologize for, because I think I'm apologizing for shit <laughs> that if you really feel sorry about it as a man to get your bona fides back with the uh, feminist gender studies ladies, you need to step aside and let a lady take your place in uh, in work life and power life. So if you're a politician, you need to resign and make sure a woman takes over. If you're a CEO, you have to resign and make sure a woman takes over. So that I mean, will... this is incredibly a radical notion, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, so like, I don't get why you say stuff that could never happen. Like, well, you know, but don't you think like this is what she and her her follow her people in her in her group have been talking about for twenty years quite openly, like at their, at their yeah. But it's perverse. It's it's totally extreme. I mean. I, you know, I don't have anything against women, but I could easily make the case that they're just a bunch of freeloaders that have an incredible amount of privilege in this society that take advantage of it at every um, opportunity that they get. Yeah, there's almost no chance Matt the Dak gets into the Washington Post in <laughs> your, your op-ed. I mean, you, dude, I went out. Can I tell yes, you? Yes, please. I went out with this chick, uh, very, you know, attractive girl. And I know that she had Googled me because she had this question loaded, you know? Yeah. Um, she's like, so you supported, uh, well, she didn't phrase it. She was like, who'd you vote for, Bernie Sanders? And I was like, yeah, actually, I'm a, you know, I, I do like Bernie Sanders. And she proceeded to go on this rant about how Hillary was disenfranchised as there's no pretext that she's paying for these drinks, obviously. And she's drinking half of them and leaving the the other half ah, in the, the worst in the in the glass, and uh, I was like, "Wow, this person is so entitled and has no cons like she's been conditioned to be this entitled has absolutely no." And by the way, it's not like I voted for fucking Trump or you know Mussolini. This is, I think speaks to how progressive your uh, community is, Matt. <laughs> That like there's actually fights like you're actually outed for voting for Bernie Sanders. That's what I'm saying. It is like a, so fucked as up as being like a white supremacist, uh, righty uh, Nazi, <laughs> neo Nazi. Right. Like for only the most liberal candidate in the history of American politics. But it breaks down. It breaks down to my period, uh, my idea that most of these really angry people, and actually the people who hate Trump the most, are all really privileged white women. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't see it. It's interesting enough. You don't see like I mean, yeah, they get the rallies of the Hispanics and blacks and other minorities against Trump and they didn't vote for Trump. But the real anger comes from people who kind of are rich white women, which <laughs> is why Trump was democratically elected, because people find those people to be incredibly off putting, which they are. The idea that they're privileged and they won't recognize their privilege. Yes. Yeah. I think I think he actually fe- I think he fed into that. But don't you think that like having people plain spoken about their hate is actually a better world than when they hide it? Isn't Susanna Danuta Walters actually the most honest feminist in this entire country right now? 
Well, I don't know if she's a good mascot for the feminist <laughs> because she seems... I mean, if that's what she really thinks... I don't know if she's just being subversive. If that's what she really thinks, then she's completely fucking insane. Because at that point, you know, it would be like... And I don't know what her ethnicity is, but it's like, well, why doesn't every white woman resign their... Uh, why don't you step down uh, of your professorship? And then it's like, you know, what are we left with at that point? Well, you're not allowed to attack white women in, in <laughs> a co- a colleges because they kind of run it. They kind of run everything. Right. I don't know. I, f- I, I read this and I was like, first I was upset. And then I went through various stages of grief, realizing that she wanted to exterminate most men. <laughs> but then I thought, like, it's just kind of nice. If I ever meet her, I'll know exactly where she's coming from versus like the woman you met on the date who was felt the exact same way, <laughs> but you had to go through like eight uh, Manhattans, half drunk Manhattans to figure yeah, out where, half, <laughs> half where it comes from. Well, you, did, th- you didn't do that thing where you made it, you tilted the cup on top of her head and poured it out, make sure she'd finished everything. Dude, I, <laughs> that would have been amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know Susanna Danuta Walters, but she has, there, three, she has three names. There's probably a 20% chance that she's really awesome to hang out with. Uh, no, she's not actually, <laughs> but I'll say this. We're going to talk about Kanye later. If you're looking to market in your own, to your own niche and your niche is angry, lesbian feminists, she just nailed her niche, right? She just became the queen bee of her sake of her, of her business segment, commercial segment. Like she sells books. That's what she does. She, she's written three or four books. I imagine her, her classes aren't that full at Northeastern university. Well, those are the only people buying the books is the, the syllabus, uh, definitely requires that you buy her <laughs> yes. book but if you're gonna if you're gonna like if you're gonna operate in that sector you want to be the most militant person possible she is now the most militant person possible is she attractive i'm assuming no she's not not now she looks like she actually looks like the woman that cosby kind of uh gave a lot of uh pseudofed, pseudofed to <laughs> she's just not a, she's not a good looking lady but i want to give susanna donato walters a, a big shout out because i appreciate uh uh you know sort of like trump and kim i kind of appreciate when you know where the other person's coming from where they're not, where they're not like masking shit, right? Because that's what half of these people are thinking when they, but they, they don't have the balls. Perhaps actually she has balls, but she they was. don't have the balls to say that. Uh, Matt, let me ask you about someone who died this week who you liked, Anthony Bourdain. You're a big fan, right? I was, yeah, I, I was a fan. Uh, well, still am. I mean, I thought it was a cool show. I, uh, li- I liked his his narrations. I like the fact that he would go to uh, you know, bottom of the world places and eat food there and talk about how amazing it was. Because usually it's like, you know, they're in some studio somewhere eating some crappy food. Right. But he had to be, he was like the ultimate like guest at people's homes. It's like, you know, when you go to someone's house, they cook you something shitty and you still have to pretend you like it. He went to some... Um, tribal ceremony in africa i I don't know what country escapes me at the moment and they're like what they did which by the way just always go with a grilled cheese sandwich do do not be adventurous when it comes to food in my opinion like do they have that in the uh, sudan is that popular they had they so they slaughter a pig and then the the ritual like the uh the ultimate you know pride or whatever is that you eat the pig's asshole, and uh, of course, <laughs> so he had to eat <laughs> the pig, pig ass, a pig's asshole. But it was like, oh my god, I, I can't coated in ghee. No, it was, it was full of shit. Oh, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, dude. No, I know. No, I, Try I, to eat pretzels I, here. I know. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. But 
That's when I realized I'm not envious of this guy. No, but he, and he had to pretend he liked everything, which is it was my, my feeling about watching a show was like, you know, he was always uh, he was al- he was a globalist, right? He was always talking about how great it is to travel and every, everywhere in the world is amazing and it's the same as back home and you shouldn't be small minded, discriminate against people from like that eat pig asshole, right? Right. But we all know deep down that we're we're not going there. We're happy we live in a place where you can get a grilled cheese sandwich in the corner and you don't have to eat pig asshole. Right. Well, that, yeah. That yeah. there are some places in this world that are better than other places. So you could kind of pretend you're a globalist <laughs> like him while understanding that you just never want to live in a place where you have to fucking eat pig ass. Right. Yeah. Certainly in terms of food. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, th- there are countries where a Big Mac is the best food yes. in the entire country. Yes. There's a reason why it was like that study I think we talked about before, like how Americans are spending more time indoors than any other country in the world. And it's because we have the best indoors <laughs> of anywhere else in the world. <laughs> There's a reason why we have more McDonald's and more stuff like that. So everybody wants that shit. I mean, it tastes really good. We don't want, we could have 5,000 pig asshole restaurants. Dude, you know, in Riyadh, uh, Iran, Iran, most people do not have air conditioning. And it hit 127 degrees yeah. uh, this month. Yeah. So you could. Sit in that. Could you imagine? I would be. No. I would join the fucking. I'd just be like, I want to kill everyone. That's what I would do. I lived in uh, Washington, D.C. one uh, summer. It's not the same. No, but it was ni- It was like 95, 90% humidity. But I'm just saying, I wanted to kill people then. <laughs> it's just living without air conditioning is just a fucking. At nighttime, when you're trying to sleep, it's just a fucking nightmare. You can't sleep. You're just sweating. You're sweating. Imagine trying to sleep when you're sweating. It's just really difficult. So, so yes. why? I mean, why do people live in this region? I, I don't understand. Like the smart ones, you know, the but you know, buddy, uh, you know, driving the uh, they get out the uh, Lamborghini, stalling the clutch. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're they're the smart ones. They, yeah, and you they thro- fucking got out. Yeah, not only do you have the heat, the oppressive heat, but you have continuous war for thousand <laughs> for thousand years. <laughs> bombings i assume broken sewer systems and really poor infrastructure let's not even talk about israel what was <laughs> sorry go i want to talk about anthony bourdain being dead okay. he died in france i assume that's where you're planning on ending your ending yourself in france well if i had to pick a place really next to jim would you go to jim morrison's grave and just end, just end it all i think jim Mor- morrison sucks it's an embarrassment that the city like worships jim morrison to some degree he's a, a fucking pseudo poet um, mediocre ucla film school student <laughs> oh he's so terrible i mean obviously he's a was an attractive man i i guess he so. was attractive man he died extremely young in a very uh, you know very public way and i think that was like that was the time when like dying at 27 meant that you were going to be a folk hero forever well that yeah and that's one of those things though like so he was 27 if if you pulled me not knowing i'd be like yeah i think he was like 58 how did he look like that at 27 lots of drugs if he had lived imagine if he was still alive today so he'd be like in his, his 60s 70s or 80s or whatever he'd probably be largely just irrelevant doing show pickup shows like out of the uh st- in the sticks somewhere yeah casinos like, tribute shows. looking like the mole man from the simpsons there is something to be said for your legacy for, by dying young it does. It does definitely add to your, your your heroic tale for some reason. Even though you just die from drug from. But drug you're overdose. supposed to be. The whole thing about that though, like Janis Joplin, yeah, like the, you know she sang her ass off. It's not supposed to work if you suck when you're young, also. Uh, but he was vibrant. Hendrix, I would put in the category of good. because uh, you're from you're from the Northwest. Well, no, he could play a guitar. He was talented. He was. Although Jim Morrison was not talented at all. No, nah, he could sing and scream. He was pretty good. So Anthony Bourdain is dead, Matt. 
He hung himself with the bathrobe. With the bathrobe. Uh, How do you do that? I don't know. He's a talented guy, wasn't he? In he, <laughs> he was in the military. He had some back, some some DIY background, right? Wasn't he like a? Well, he was a heroin addict. Oh yeah, he, yeah. So I assume he knows how to kill himself. He knew how to kill himself. He knows how to tie tie the thing, I guess. I'm guessing that if you kill yourself with a bathrobe, uh, you know, th- you're just it's not the first time you've tried. You must know a little bit about what you're doing. Do like, you think right now, if you gave me a bathrobe belt, I would be able to succeed at doing that? I don't think you could even tie your own bathrobe with a bathrobe <laughs> belt. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, but here's a point which I think you you and I kind of disagree with. Uh, my question was, would you kill yourself if Rose McGowan was over at your place all the time yakking about yakking with your lady about be- men being so rapey? So she he was he was uh, his girlfriend Anthony Bourdain's last couple of years was uh, Asia Argento, who's one of the big names from the Harvey Weinstein uh, '90s rape cases. And Asia Argento and Rose McGowan are best friends. They bonded over. Both being sexually. Is she Asian? Her name is Asia. No, she's actually an Italian. Was an Italian actress. Oh, oh. I, and okay. I think Tarantino. I forget how she met Harvey Weinstein, but I think she was in a Tarantino movie in the nineties. Um, pretty sure she was like you know one of those young, uh, off. She was like the uh, alt actress of, of yeah, Italy. Yeah, she's. The, I, I believe she identifies as gender fluid. Yeah, she's not unattractive, but she's definitely not trying to make herself look sexy. But she and Rose McGowan bonded over the fact that they were both. Assault, sexually assaulted by uh, Weinstein and both signed, <laughs> signed NDAs and uh, didn't talk about it for 20 years. And now they're on like continuous rants about this shit. And I think having like, it, let's say Bourdain was on the edge all the time anyhow, obviously. You don't just hang yourself with a row because one, you're having a bad food day. <laughs> so, but if you're hanging around those kind of dark people talking about how life is shitty and Rose McGowan stuff is so depressing. Her daily talks are so depressing. Do you think that could like push you over the edge? Like if you're, you know, you're in this circle of futility and hate and Harvey Weinstein rape stories. It's a, it's a valid point, and I hadn't thought about it. Uh, very astute <coughs> on your part, um, because I I had listened to uh, some Anthony Bourdain interviews, and he was on the road basically 250 days of the year. Yeah. So he he rarely. Um, you know, had a moment to relax. And I have that feeling, and I'm sure you do too, which is nothing like his schedule, but I worked hard all day. And now... You want to kill yourself? No, no. I want to watch TV for yes. 20 minutes. Yes. And and the girl that I'm living with will not shut the fuck up. And she has like some trivial issue. She's got. She's dropping pamphlets on your lap and giving you her latest... Tweets and Rose McGowan's audio, making you listen to Rose McGowan's latest audio clips. Yeah, watching her show. And this and and this girl in particular is actually a good person. It's just that she was could be annoying. And now picture the person, picture him being on the road for two months, filming twelve hours a day, and that's what you got to listen to. Yeah, I know. You call home for a little solace, and that's what you're getting is like. <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing. I mean, it's but you know, obviously depressing. Depressed people like hook up with depressing people. He's a dark he was a dark guy, obviously, with a lot of problems in his past. So he hooked up with these like ladies that are probably very dark people. Mm-hmm. And I think it just feeds off each other until it's like someone just gets into heroin again or starts doing drugs or kills themselves. So I'm gonna blame Asia Argento. Although Rose McGowan wrote a nice piece saying how Asia Asia Argento should not be blamed for anything that happened to Anthony Bourdain because by the way, they had an open relationship and they were sleeping with other people. Which is like 
Oh, thanks. Thanks for the, thanks for that little tidbit. Yeah, did he need that, by yes. the way? Yeah. The, she could have just cheated on him, and he wouldn't have known. No. Now he's in fucking Somalia filming a show <laughs> wondering who she's boning. Yeah, probably back with Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Jesus. Not the, not the NDAs. But here's the best part of the story, Matt. There's always the best part of these sad stories. The best part is now other Hollywood celebrities since Bourdain died. Of course, you have to first come up with a photo of yourself. You have to tweet the photo of yourself with Bourdain for when he's alive. Right. And talk about how you were a great friend. Everyone is great friends. So apparently he had... Uh, 987 great friends in Hollywood. I didn't know, because I was a fan of Bourdain, but I did not know that he was that popular, honestly. No, he wasn't. I mean, he was. his show was popular among New York and L.A. crowd. Okay. okay. So right. he was a New York, L.A. It's guy. It's like disproportionately represented. Like Lena Dunham is extremely popular in New York. Right. But in Kansas, no one's ever fucking heard of her. If they have, they don't like her. Bourdain, I th- don't think there's anything not to like about him. But how many people watch a CNN show? It can't be that. The audience couldn't have been very big. I don't, I don't know if, like, because when he killed himself, I was like, well, that seems like the last guy that would kill himself. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought really? that. Well, to me, I mean, like, if I had to rank it, but. Um, guy, a guy wears his, black leather after having a heroin <laughs> addict. <laughs> heroin habit. Well, that's what I kind of liked about him is, like, he was a, obviously a, a reformed heroin addict, but he still, like, booze pretty hard. Yes. And then I read an interview that he said, I, I only drink when I'm doing the show. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I definitely don't believe that. That's not true. That's not true at all. Um, but he... Uh, uh, sorry, what, I it's lost possible he might have got back on the. Possibly might have got back, back on drugs when he was in France. Well, too. a lot of dudes are just on methadone for the rest of their lives. Uh, um, anytime I find a, like a really, he's a really smart guy. Anytime I find a really smart, well-read guy who's actually a, also a heroin addict or drug addict, I assume they have like, an immense amount of psychological problems because you know he's obviously successful in every most other aspects of his life. He's a smart guy. He's got things going for him. The women love him. Dudes love him. All that stuff like that. And he's still like shooting up drugs and stuff like well, that. Well, how much is shooting up is is self-loathing? I mean. That's what I mean. There's I, a lot I'm of darkness. Very, I, I do not like needles. I, But I, I couldn't imagine more than once putting a needle into a vein. In and, between your toes. In between your toes. <laughs> that doesn't show up And on just TV. thinking like that that was no, worth it. Is, it. it is a self, one of the most self-destructive behaviors. But again, the best part, Matt, is that now other celebrities are coming out, not only saying they're friends with Bourdain, but you got to top that, saying they themselves have thought about suicide many times. So <laughs> there's a new celebrity trend now where you have to now talk about the times you felt so depressed you almost took your own life. Well, I think, yeah. It, uh, None of them, obviously, successfully, because they're, speaking <laughs> on, they're still speaking on social media. But uh, that's the new thing. Like, you can't prove it or disprove it, obviously. So now it's just like Bourdain killed himself. I understand. I too tried to kill. I too tried to kill. Well, myself. I had never heard of the suicide hotline, and and I was sort of while I was on vacation, you know, perusing uh, CNN and the New York Post and uh, all these crappy outlets, and it was like, well, if you think you're going to kill yourself, call this number. And I was like, okay, well, if I was going to kill myself, I definitely won't call that number. No. Uh, and and if I was on the edge, I think that would make me more likely to kill myself. The knowing idea? that I'm killing the number, uh, calling. Oh, uh, makes you more depressed? <laughs> well, it's just like, what? yeah, like you're you're worthless. You're calling an 800 number. Yeah. Like I, at that point, just kill yourself. I imagine that most of the people who call those sex lines on those 800 numbers at night for 295, <laughs> at the end of the call, they just off themselves. <laughs> the, the, the suicide rate among people who call those sex lines has to be really, really high. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you that the hotlines probably don't work, given the fact that the suicide rates are much higher than they used to be. And there's more hotlines than ever. 
So it could be a chicken and egg thing where they're adding more hotlines because there's more suicides, but clearly they're not doing a great they're not doing a great job. Well, uh, like if, yeah, so Bourdain, the um, yeah, there, there's so much weird stuff about it. If if were you more upset by Bourdain or Kate Spade, and why are so many rich New Yorkers killing themselves? Well, I don't know. I mean, Kate, did you know Kate Spade was? Married to David Spade's brother? Uh, I did not know that, but when I saw it, it totally made sense because they have the same last. They have the same last name. <laughs> I don't know anyone else with the last name Spade except for those two people, so it kind of made sense. But I had no, I no, I had no idea because they had to go to him for a reaction. He was very, uh, he was very heartbroken, even though he probably hadn't talked to her in twenty years. I don't know. She made purses. She made purses. How could a woman who makes purses be that depressed? What are the odds that? So David Spade is from like a dirtbag town in Arizona. Is he? I don't know his background. I thought it was in a movie. Wasn't that? A, was no, that that's a, like somewhat biological. Wasn't uh, that Joe biographical. Dirt? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's basically Joe Dirt. So what are the odds that two brothers become multimillionaires? Uh, I don't know. Is that good genes or just? It pick. Uh, I would say Spade has had better choices than women because he's just slept around a lot of ladies. Was the other guy married a, a, dep- a super depressed purse, a purse designer? That's what I know. Speaking of wh- what you were saying with the media being LA and New York centric, like, okay, she designed handbags, and it was like the biggest story yes. on every yes. like news network. And I'm like, oh, okay, the chick that sold garbage yes. that cost four hundred dollars. The best part, like, about, the, how yeah. <laughs> the best part about that story was then that women to to, to connect to Kate Spade. Female celebrities would talk about the first time they got their first Kate Spade, Spade bag and how big, how meaningful that was in their lives. By the way, what <laughs> like, a bunch of fucking cunts. Yes. Can I say that? Can I be honest? You've already said it. It's too uh, late. You can't take it back. Genie's sorry. Out, Genie's out of the bottle. Today's ch- today's a children visitor day <laughs> at the podcast. She didn't do anything for humanity. She sold, I, I don't know where it was manufactured. I'd venture to say it wasn't in the United States. No, it was in China. But um, she seemed to be an okay. I mean, she, you know, she seemed to be an okay person. She didn't hurt anybody. She donated the right well, causes. She didn't hurt anyone. But if the the founder of Nike died tomorrow, I wouldn't expect it would be a front page news story. At Oregon, it probably would be where he donates a lot of money. And players would be pretty upset about it. You're right. But she connects to people through fashion. Bourdain connected through his food TV show. There's a we live in a media culture, Matt. I'm not sure if you're aware, uh, where people find heroes in sort of. Wealthy or famous people. Well, you need to look inward and and not not do that. She looked inward, and now she's dead. I mean, Bourdain at least like wrote cool stories, and he was cool. Uh, nothing against Kate Spade particularly, but what I don't understand what she did that was especially cool. Uh, I don't know. Her purses are apparently amazing. According <laughs> to at least seven actresses that I read their stories about, buying getting her first purse was a big step in their a big moment in their life. It's really depressing. I don't quite get it. Uh, a bathrobe. <laughs> yes. I honestly don't think you could hang yourself with a bathrobe. <laughs> First of all, I could see you being too tall and you like would do it and then you'd be hanging from something and then you'd realize your feet were on the ground. <laughs> so, and also you have to somehow, I think, tie, secure your hands behind your back, right? You have to secure your hands because otherwise you're just going to grab at the thing and pull yourself up. I wonder if off. there are warning signs like he showed up for you know, a segment and they're like, what happened to your neck? And he's like, uh, you know, sunburn. I don't know. <laughs> Like, because, yeah, it seems very, like... Hanging's a very dramatic... It seems like a movie. It's a very movie moment kind of thing. I, I was thinking about... And, by the way, I have no need to call the hotline. But just, if I was going to do it, right? And and I am I have no desire to do it. But when, when the story comes out, you start thinking about stuff like that. 
I was like, I would uh, drive off the Grand Canyon. Really? Yeah. Mm, that seems, well, that seems fraught with peril in terms of not being successful. <laughs> that seems like. Well, what you do you mean? You, you don't you end up with pull like. Pull up to the Grand Canyon and drive off it. Really? What if you just end up with like 37 broken bones and you can't walk anymore? Yeah, I did factor that in, but. The hanging's pretty fun. Maybe final. have a gun in your pocket just in case. The hanging's pretty fun. Most guys seem to use seem to use weapons a lot. Uh, Matt, let's move on to something more heinous. And yeah, let's five. move on. That's the uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomato uh, shilling for, fe- for, for female films you wrote about on MattRalston.net. Oh, thank you. Of course. I love all your stuff. It's all very upbeat. I kind of think about <laughs> suicide after I go through your site. Uh, by the way, before we move on, I want to qu- ask you a question. What is the word incel, I-N-C-E-L? What does that mean? Involuntarily celibate. It's is that guys, what it means? It's guys that can't get laid. Oh, because uh, the feminist uh, Susanna Denuda Walters used it frequently in her piece. She mentioned incels. And I, I think d- the, it originated... Remember the guy that killed a bunch of people in Santa Barbara? Yes. The kid in the BMW whose father worked in the movies. Yes. Yes. He recorded a, like a, a vlog of how he hated women because he couldn't get laid. So, uh, so um, incels are angry men. Very angry man. Okay, because she was using it as a derogatory term, and I, since they're now making up words, I don't really, and she's, she's only a professor at a university, so God forbid she should use real English, <laughs> but now that they're making up words, I actually didn't want to look it up because I knew it was horrible and I wanted to test you on it. So it means guys who aren't having sex and are so angry they want to hurt women? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess And instead of improving themselves and making themselves fuckable... Yes. They decide to uh, purchase ammunition. Okay. So uh, incel, actually, now I think about it, is a nice little thing. Better <laughs> 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 name for that. Uh, so I want you to explain uh, why uh, there's a Rotten Tomatoes bump, which I agree with, uh, for gender correct films like Ocean's 8. Have, yeah. And you haven't seen Ocean's 8, right? I have not. So we can comment. I haven't either, so we can comment on this as experts. I just want to make sure. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I wish I had seen it just so I, I, you know. I don't wish I've seen it at all. Um, I'm trying to find the exact language here. Oh, okay. This is the critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. Quote, Ocean's 8 isn't quite as smooth as its predecessors, but still has enough cast chemistry and flair to lift the price of a ticket from filmgoers for an Incel? undemanding caper. Okay, so that... Undemanding caper? That consensus seems very apologetic, does yeah. it not? Yeah, so by the way, you should say the score overall was a positive. The, it got a 68%. Right, which is a gen- not, a, not a like super high, but it's a, it's, a, you should recommend, it's a soft recommend. It's like a, yeah, it's a soft. It's like a C plus. Yes. Um, I'm assuming the movie sucks based on the trailers. It looks awful. I'm assuming the movie tra- sucks because most of the critics that I actually read all said it was not very good. I'm sure it wasn't. So, in, But in that critical consensus, it says, though not as smooth as its predecessors. So I'm taking it that as a euphemism for not as good. Yes, it sucks. So I went ahead and looked at the other Ocean's films in that franchise. And they're not that good. I mean, no. they're, not, they're not like amazing movies. They are fun, you know, B, B movies. They say a B grade movies. Yeah. So they weren't like, they're not cl- timeless classics. They show them on TNT or whatever. They're not like timeless classics. They're not being ranked in anyone's top film list of any time. So they were okay movies. They were fun because they had George Clooney and Brad Pitt and all the guys hanging out. It was just kind of a fun Rat Pack movie, right? Right. So this one tried to replicate that with women. 
and it failed because it just wasn't not that it can't be done, but it just wasn't done very well. Yeah, well, I'm I'm assuming not. I mean, Rihanna's in it. Like, what else do you have to? She's one of the eight people, and she's not an actress, and she's fat now. Um, but they have the Asian. They got the Asian, like the transgender rapper. They got the other, the Indian lady. They got the, They went for the whole culturally diverse thing too. So I mean, based on on Rotten Tomatoes' own consensus, not isn't quite as smooth as its predecessors. It's ranked uh, on the tomato meter, the same or worse than the uh, two of the other Oceans movies, not counting the first one. Right. So what you're saying is that possibly they, are, they Rotten Tomatoes themselves, and also critics themselves, are giving soft positives to this movie because they don't want to be on the wrong side of gender history. Yes, and it's very transparent what they're doing because, uh, like, so Oceans 13... <laughs> All right. So the the critical consensus is like, okay, well, and it's, dude, it says, you may as well just go see it anyway. Yeah. Right. That's what that's what they're saying. It's like, okay, well, I'm not reading movie reviews to tell me like, oh, well, just if you got nothing else going on, like that's not why I read a fucking movie review. Or worse, you should, because it's all women, you should support this film. Right. You go pay. Which is what they're basically saying. They're basically saying it's not a very good movie, but the tipping the balance of this is the fact that it's an all female cast. And therefore, you should go support the movie theater. Yes, and which is a which I'm is a political. That's a, that. that's a political or social message. It's not a critical movie it's review. It's not an objective review of the film. <laughs> no, and actually, I think they're mostly objectively reviewing the. If you read the read the reviews, they're objectively reviewing the film, and then they're ending it with, "But it's worth seeing anyhow to support this support this venture." Basically. Right, like, like it's Habitat for Humanity. Like, well, like, you may as well. I mean, what yeah. else are you doing? You, you, you know, you're you got nothing else going on. Like it's a like if it was a chair, like if it was like about school, like a documentary about school bullying. You may say it wasn't done that well, but it's a really important topic. You should go see it. Yeah, but this is actually just a film about a, a just a fictional film about it. Well, this is a female caper. This is the review on on the same website, by the way. Same website, Rotten Tomatoes, a film that didn't come out that long ago, of Ocean's Twelve, quote. While some have found the latest star-studded heist flick to be a fun, glossy star vehicle, others declare it as lazy, self-satisfied, and illogical. <laughs> yes, others. <laughs> Wait. And, and by the way, so that, that film uh, received a 57% as opposed to the 68%. Wouldn't that, again, haven't seen the movie, wouldn't that apply more to Ocean's 8? There's definitely or, or equally so. There's definitely a bump among credit. There's definitely a bump. Now I don't blame Rotten Tomatoes so much. They do have their their people in their office actually review the reviews to see if the reviews are generally positive, generally negative. So they may be slightly biased as well. But I really blame the actual critics because they're soft peddling the fact they don't like this movie because they don't want to be seen on the wrong side of, of of coming out against the female movie. Same reason Wonder Woman got like a 97 or 98. Right, but it was like a, it was an okay movie, but it was just Captain America with a woman. Yeah, yeah, because we we know this, but the way that Rotten Tomatoes works is, it's it's not averaging out the the scores of the critics. No, it's based on is it a positive or negative review? Generally positive. Tip. Which way does it tip? So at the end of all these reviews, which you've read and I haven't read, it's like, but you know, it was still okay. Yeah. And so that that puts it into the positive realm. Also, as I mentioned before the show went on the air. Uh, I've visited the Rotten Tomatoes offices before, and the the, the people who actually dis- make that decision, I would say, were all twenty-something young ladies. 
So they may be, I'm not accusing them of anything, but they may also be just in, innately biased yeah. towards like, oh, Ocean's A, I can't wait to see that movie. And they gave it a generally positive, so let's give it a positive. So it's, uh, it's all working against it. So a 68 probably should have been like a real, if it was reviewed as a real movie, if it was a Kevin Hart movie, it would have got a 27, 27. Exactly, it yes. Got, it would have got a 27. Let's just be honest about that. It was Kevin Hart instead of Rihanna and Sandra Bullock. It gets a, 20, it gets a 27, although it probably makes a lot more money. So, so there is and that. And I know it's bullshit, too, because like on the airplane, I watched... Uh, have you seen The Room, the Will Ferrell movie? Yes. It's fucking hilarious. Yes. It's, it's a very good movie. Wait, you mean the James Franco movie? Oh, no. Uh, uh, what's the... Uh, the Disaster Artist? The House, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. The House. The House. Yes. Have you, have you seen The House? Uh, no, I have not. It's a very funny movie. It got crap reviews. And I guarantee you it's better than Ocean's 8. Oh, it's a funny plane movie. I'll give you that. No, it's it's really? a really good... Have you seen it? It's good, right? That's pretty good. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, I guess, so there's a bump, but I would say that people don't respect Rotten Tomatoes anymore or the critical reviews. So it's basically you get a bump for a female thing. You don't believe there should be a gender or ethnic bumps for films because they're trying harder to be more inclusive? No, I don't. Because when I go to watch a movie, I, I don't care about that at all. I mean, my favorite movie of all time is The Big Lebowski. You know, it's mostly white people. That doesn't make me like the movie any less. <laughs> or any more, maybe. Or any, well, certainly not anymore. <laughs> Uh, Matt, we got an email from Bill. He wants to know about Allison Mack. Do you ever watch Smallville? Were you ever a Smallville fan? No. You don't strike me as a small. As it's a, still on TV, isn't it? It's. I, I was. Well, now it may be off now that she got arrested. No, I think it's still still on. I think so. Was that the one with? Was that the one with Dean Cain, or was that a different one? I don't remember. You're asking them. I, I just anything that's on CW, I refuse to. I refuse to watch. It just seems like it seems like it's one of those channels where I feel it's not for me. Right off the bat, I know it's not for me. I just feel like it's for teenage girls, and I don't want to. Tune, I don't even want to tune to it. Imagine if you had, like, if that was your girlfriend, Allison Mack, in the sex cult. No, just if you had kind of dated her, and we're oh, like, I oh, she's a little bit weird. Yeah. And well, she was this guy, the cult leader's girlfriend, and he, she brought him fifty different women. So she's actually not a horrible girlfriend. Branded. <laughs> she branded. <laughs> I like how she explained. So this is the email from Billy. So Allison Mack is claiming in court that her sex slave cult was really a self-support group for women. Realistically, how would one tell the difference? So, you know, the origin of this cult was they brought, she would bring in women for this guy, Keith Rainier, and he was like the guru of like helping women achieve their, <laughs> whatever it's it was. Such a cor it's like a weatherman name. <laughs> it totally It's is. like Dallas Reigns. Yes, Your is. name is not Keith Rainier. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and he would like help, they had like this sort of, Self-improvement center for women. It was like sounded like Scientology, right? For women, young female actresses, lost women. I assume women out on their own with no mean, not a lot of means to themselves. He would get these women in these self-support, like yoga, spiritual mindset guru groups, and then Allison Mack, his lieutenant, would pick off the women they thought would join the cult. They called it something. It was called something else. And the cult women were basically a and uh, starved. They were all their calories were counted, and they were put on low calorie counts. And they were told it was, it was for their mo self-motivation, but it just turned out that Keith Rainier liked really, skin <laughs> really skinny women, like that sex with really skinny women. So, but she claimed it was like, it was for self-motivation, right? They did this, and that they had to give up all their, like, they had to turn over, like, very humiliating, humiliating information about themselves. So they would, be, they would be trapped in this cult. Mm. They would never be revealed. Like, 
crazy, uh, creepy enough, Allison Mack like turned over material about how she had like molested some kid she had babysat or something like that years earlier. Holy shit! Yeah, so it was like it sounded like Scientology. It's very Scientology. But the question is, you know, all these crazy like actress sort of motivational groups around town. Is it really? Is it really that much different? Like, how would you know if you talk to one of these girls who's way skinny, is way in, like talking about this special group she's in? How would you know if she was in like a deranged? Uh, evil sex cult, or just into the latest craze, into the latest craze among unemployed actresses. How would you even know? I mean, uh, like, what would be the tip, what would be the tip off? I I don't know actually. The, the, if you phrase it that way, like you could tell something was wrong right away. But yeah, pinpointing. I mean, have you ever met like a Scientologist in like social circumstances? Yeah, it's strange. But we, think about it like a twenty-two-year-old unemployed actress. So okay, she's starving herself. You're like, okay, that seems that seems actually normal. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she's eating cotton balls or she's eating a piece of leaf lettuce for lunch. They're all starving themselves, right? They all have some guy, an acting coach who they say is amazing, is changing their life. They all have some plan. They're all going to some retreat, some center somewhere to get themselves centered and self-actualize. Yeah, it, you know what's fucked up. I mean, my my sort of take on it is, I don't have any children you have uh like 17 say like 30 children yes i do um that's because you're an incel matt (laughs) (laughs) no no no. i just i yeah i use uh was there is there an incel is that a word as well (laughs) (laughs) unintentionally celibates what percentage of guys saw this story and were like well fuck how come i couldn't get that Uh, the sex cult yeah, like I've you know I've dabbled in it, but how come my sex cult wasn't as successful? Well, you and I talked about it on a previous show. I think it'd be really easy for a re- reasonably intelligent, charismatic guy, of which there's many in Hollywood, to start a cult just like this. I don't think it takes that much. I don't well, think it's, it's a blueprint. I mean, I wonder if he read Helter Skelter because um, it's it's. I don't know if Manson originated. I'm sure it's been going on for sure. for eons, but. Um, well, it's it's basically the Charles Manson playbook, right? Yeah, you're picking up picking up troubled young women is the easiest thing in the world to do. Like convincing troubled young women you have an answer to their problems seems to me like any half half baked con man could figure that out really easily. Right, could work them over because look at all the shit they're doing now that is like even semi legitimate in terms of classes they take, in terms of all that stuff. Just the acting schools alone in Hollywood, which are all <laughs> basically all bullshit. That's a huge. It, that's a huge industry. The modeling stuff, all that stuff, all the stuff these girls are paying for. It's a huge industry, and nobody. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not uh, waning in any way. Well, at least Rainier, uh, as opposed to Manson. So Manson was like a midget, right? Yeah, he's like a tiny midget, and uh, he was a deeply, a deeply troubled and violent guy. Oh yeah, he killed. He definitely killed people before the, yeah. the murders went down. But I mean, he he. I, we talked about this before. He begged prison not to let him out of prison because he said he would hurt people. Yeah. So he was a he was a guy who knew that he was he was off you know off the chain. But his one song is actually not that bad. <laughs> he Brian only Wilson. recorded like three songs. With Brian Wilson. <laughs> and one of them's not a bad song. Uh, Keith Rainier may be a good acting coach for all we know. Well, that's yeah, that's what he's getting. At. Rainier at least is an, an attractive enough dude like so i could see falling for that i don't i think it's a i think it's a pubic branding is where i draw the line yeah she by the way allison mack explains that as like us girls were sitting around one night <laughs> and we said and i said hey don't sorority girls get drunk and get tattoos 
And everyone said, like, yeah. I said, we're so close. We should do that, too. What she didn't mention was that the tattoo was a branding, and it was her initials and Ke- her and Keith's initials. <laughs> I don't think sorority girls, like, get the initials tattooed on. Uh, I can, Sorority girls do lots of stupid shit. They get drunk, and they get stupid tattoos. But it's like a butterfly or it's a, something, uh, whatever. And I, you know, some, I would say, I mean, there's a huge difference between a branding and a tattoo. <laughs> Especially when you're branding the leader of your cult's name onto your <laughs> Did <laughs> Mac have the branding? Uh, I don't know if she did or not. It was her. It was her initials and Keith's initials combined. That was the oh brand. God, that's so creepy. It is really creepy. Who would even go? Like, let's just say yes. you're lost. You're naive. Yeah. When they mention the branding, yes, isn't that when you're like, okay, I'm out. When, when, the, when the glowing hot poker goes towards your privates. What the? Fu- <laughs> who are these fucking people? Like, I I don't even feel sorry for them because you're just. You're stupid. That's what I'm saying. I don't think if you think about the women in the cult and you had five minutes to interview this person, I don't think you could tell if they were in a dangerous sex cult or just a normal West Hollywood out of work actress. How they just they're really it's really the same person and you would not be able to tell the difference. Well, it's like the like I always think of this George uh, Carlin quote. So, like, you know what the bell curve is, obviously. Yes. So, like, not everyone can be super intelligent. I don't think I'm very intelligent, but. Okay, so there's a, picture, front, there's a front end of the bell curve. Picture the intelligence of the average person. Yes, half of them are stupider than that. Uh, yeah, that's insane. And it's, it, it, you're talking about an industry where women, men too, are picked based on their looks and their ability to memorize lines, <laughs> basically. So you talk about Robert De Niro. He may just be really dumb. It's possible he's just, it, he's really really dumb. It's just there's not there's no there's no sign that intelligence itself is related to being an actor. So and imagine the girls who aren't even working that come out here because they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful. Yeah. And so they're being told you should work in Hollywood. It's probably not your A students in school. Yeah, and and they're the girls, and and the same goes for guys, by the way. But yes, they're the sure. they were the hottest chick in their high school. Yes. And so they were telling stories, and people were laughing. <laughs> yes. And the people that were listening to the stories were like, "This story is fucking retarded," but I want to I want to titty fuck this girl. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> sorry, uh, but you know it's it's not funny. And, and but they, you would never know that if you were the one telling the story. You, it would never occur to you that your story isn't I, interesting at all. I think we can both agree after years of experiences that attractive women in Hollywood are the most boring people you've ever met, and, and guys too are the most boring people you've ever met in your entire lives. Yeah, because they're like it's like talking to a pro athlete. Basically, they have a certain skill which is they look good. And pro athletes are like tall and slender and can jump high like an NBA guy. Yeah. But they're just not – talk to Kevin Durant for five minutes and you will fall asleep after a minute and a minute and a half. It's just not – Yeah, there's not a lot. There's not a lot there. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Yes, let it Kevin go. Kevin Durant. Let it go. Ruined the entire NBA. That should have been voided. Uh, I listened to an interview of Kevin Durant, and uh, so he got drunk on a podcast. That is, I find I, – I guess he does drink. He did, looks like a guy who doesn't even drink. He's so boring. Well, he burns a lot of calories. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know, I'm going to get it all off my chest. You know, he goes, give me that wine. You, you hear him swilling the wine, you know. <laughs> and so the host of the podcast, Bill Simmons, goes, all right, so what do you want to talk about? And Durant goes, nah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he's a... He's got nothing to say. He's no, he has nothing. But to he's say. on my team, and we won. We just won three out of four. Oh, you, you're part of the problem. <laughs> you should rescind your support. Do you Dude. know what? By the way, they're talking to Anthony Davis about joining the Warriors. Great. <laughs> 
Because LeBron, like, LeBron <laughs> they don't want LeBron. They want Anthony Davis. I was one of those things where I, I like it's I want to stop watching. It's open. To, it's, uh, I mean, it's open. It's open to any team. The options of they're not the first super team, and they've been open to any team. It's like they have some magical money power that other teams don't have. No, but I, I mean, and they started. I will say this: they started out by drafting really good players, who then convinced other good players to come to the team. Dude, I have nothing against the entire organization yeah. except for Kevin Durant. Okay, you can't. So everyone's like, well, he has the right to play wherever he wants. Yeah, I know that. Everyone knows that. So what you're saying, okay, so moving beyond that, you can't join a team that won the most games in the history of the league and beat your own team the year before <laughs> when you were up in the series. That makes you a fucking pussy. It sounds actually sounds horrible, but I'm going to go watch five more hours of the parade later. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, Matt, let me ask you about Jamie Foxx. You're a big Jamie Foxx fan. Uh, I think you've liked his work in... I'm trying to think of where I liked his work ever. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Well, bad, 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 back, bad back in the boy. day on uh, uh, What's it In Living Color, the show In Living, Living Color, yeah. it's kind of funny on. Um, but in terms of movie lead roles, I've never quite believed him as the character he's playing. He just doesn't isn't that good of an actor. He was funny in that... Um, in that early to mid 90s movie about safe sex uh, your son's not going to know what i'm talking about i hope not uh but i mean he's he's a talented guy right uh he's singing i can do without the singing but he's, i'm saying like as i don't know i don't know i can't think of it where he, i mean he did ray right he played ray the blind piano player yeah, but, yeah. and it was like okay he did a really good blind piano player thing and he could play the piano so that's kind of impressive but he's never struck me as a, he's never struck me as like a denzel washington level actor I don't think so. No. But we still love him. And because uh, just today we learned back in 2002, a woman claims that he slapped her in the face with his penis in Las Vegas. It's hard to be a tiny, like a diminutive man with a giant head. You don't see that that often. You're talking about the head on his shoulders? Yeah. Or the one that he slapped the woman in the face with? Because that may be. <laughs> see, I assume that he was a, a homosexual. Uh, I think that's a rumor about him, not just from like. You and I, who are haters, but also within the black community, if you ever read the black uh, gossip columns, they refer to him. By the way, if you don't ever, if you don't read the black gossip columns, you could, you should, because they're so mean, they're so filled with spite and hate, and they're so homophobic and so really racist about non-black people that they're actually really fun to read. It's like if you thought about the most like misogynistic, racist, like white comedian doing shit, but then read the black columns, they just let loose. They call him like uh, queer bait. They call him like homo. They call him like <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure they've in some of the le the ones not so popular. They just call him fag, you know, Jamie Fox or buttfucker Jamie Fox. And they really just let loose. And some of these are pretty widespread, well-read like black gossip columns. Well, it's wearing it a little close to the sleeve because I like obviously nothing against the black community. I, I grew up in a you know with black people, but. You don't see a lot of white guys getting busted for uh, fucking each other in a church basement. Uh, oh, you're having a down low problem? Yeah, they're not throwing the F word around. There's some self-hatred in there, obviously, about their hidden, their, their low-down gay lifestyle. Um, but it's just funny to read because if you read, like, Huff Poe or other places, you're never going to see anything close to this kind of... You know, you're not going to call it homo Jamie Foxx. But in the, black, in the black gossip sites, they just let it loose. They don't care because they can never really be called to task for what they're doing. Right. Because they have the protection of the protected class. Well, isn't uh, well TMZ like isn't that basically TMZ like 
Yeah, it's, but they it's still, very heavily black. It is, censored. but they're owned by uh, Time Warner, whatever. So they can't do shit. They can't say shit like that. Right. Uh, so this woman claims here's the problem. So she claims in 2002, 16 years ago, now that she was in a hotel room with uh, Fox partying after some show or some event, and that he slapped her. He was trying to coerce her into uh, oral sex, and that he slapped her in the face with his penis, and uh, she had to go to the hospital. But not for, not for the physical assault. That's what I first thought. <laughs> he knocked her out. Which, by the way, would be really, I would want that on my record. That'd be very impressive. If you could knock someone out with your penis. Yeah, I mean, how big is your <laughs> dick? I don't know. But she had to go for a uh, traumatic, uh, she had tra- a traumatic psychological incident after the fact. Uh, which sounds to me like a lawsuit. Um, but here's the worst part. So it's so not her, her face was very close to his naked, erect penis, I'm assuming. Well, maybe he's a uh, shower, not a grower. It could, I don't know if it was erect. They didn't say that wasn't mentioned. Um, <laughs> it could have been a soft, soft slap. But uh, here's the point that I really angered me about the story. It's not that this may or may not have happened or that he may or may not be gay. It's just that 16 years later, a woman can come out and claim that this happened at an event. The, the statute of limitations on a charge of this nature, penis to the face, <laughs> in Vegas is three years. So there's nothing law enforcement could do about this anyhow. But she filed a police report 16 years later, which then, of course, makes it public record, which then, of course, TMZ has it in five seconds and posts headlines everywhere. Jamie Foxx may have slapped some woman in the face with his penis in 2002. (laughs) And so then he has to hire attorneys and then deny everything and threaten everybody, all that sorts of crap. Isn't it it inherently unfair that 16 years later you can come out with a charge, whether it be a man against a man, whatever, of an assault that took place you didn't report for 16 years, and even though the statute of limitations is out, you can get it onto record and make it public. Well, why are they filing the report? Like, I feel like she went to the police station. She went to the LA, uh, Las Vegas police. Someone said, well, you know, we we can file the report, but it's we, totally pointless. So why did they then file the report? Because here's her, here's her response. I'm glad you asked, Matt. The woman who got slapped, in the, unnamed woman who got slapped in the face with a penis says the Me Too movement inspired her to get this on the record in case he does it to another woman. <laughs> 60, six, she waited, of course, she waited 16 years. He may have slapped like 100 of women with his penis in the, in the, in the well, look, room. Don't be licking someone's balls if you don't expect... Like, okay, if he did this in a subway station, yes. I would sort of understand. Yes. But you were obviously in his room, in his suite. Your head was very close to his, his junk. Yes. Could be one of those, blind, let's play a blindfold game. <laughs> nah, man. It's, it's I've been at parties non, like that. It's a non-star. And like, but it's, I, but it, it, here's the thing: like legally, would you change the law so that if it's filed after, like the statute of limitations is run up? Because we're seeing this with the with the Weinstein stuff, obviously, where people that are coming out 20, 25 years later making accusations, which everyone kind of says is okay because they hate the guy and there's so many of them accusations. But if Jamie Fox has nothing on his record, and then someone comes out 16 years later and say he essentially sexually assaulted me. And even though I can't do anything about it, I want it on public record. Isn't that like, should that be, should we change the law so that's not made public? I think so. Um, because if you, so to obviously differentiating between Weinstein and Fox, very, very, very different situations. But well, Weinstein was jerking off in the plants in front of women. Well, I still don't see how Rose McGowan can get paid $130,000 for signing a document that says, I'm not going to talk about this. And then she begins talking about it. Like, you know, I feel like you're in violation of that agreement. Now, 
like obviously if if it was a murder then you know you can't sign a non-disclosure like well don't talk about the fact that you murdered uh you know right you can't you can't family member pay someone not to report but it seems like she agreed to this and if she was so um you know adamant about the information and and being an activist i don't see why you would sign that agreement but mad now she's breaking the agreement because she's brave well then why can't she be sued for breaking the she agreement could. they could sue her they could totally sue her but is that what weinstein wants to do right now sue this i mean he's going to this he's been he's been arrested obviously no but to me and not de- defending weinstein whatsoever uh, at all but you did sign a document. I, I mean, I guess people get married and they say, you know, it's a debt to us part and then have him get divorced. Oh, you're big on contracts? Is that your thing? You're like Braveheart? <laughs> <laughs> this is like a matter of contractual principle for you? No, it's it's not the principle of the contract, but it's your word. I mean, it's literally your word. I think we've learned, if, one thing we learned in the last year or two is that paying people for non-disclosure agreements is the biggest waste of money ever. <laughs> because none of them seem to hold. I just thought Stormy Daniels, none of them seem to hold. It seems like a giant waste of six figures of money to uh, pay off a woman for a non-disclosure agreement when you, it seems like they're all just violating the non-disclosure but agreement. But I feel like people just figured out in the last few years, like, like I, I, got a, I got a red light ticket in Culver City. Everyone's like, well, don't pay it. I'm like, okay, cool. Did everyone just realize that that's what you do? <laughs> like, then what, why would I believe anything you say if, you know, if, if it's documented that you sign a thing in, in very upfront uh, legal and, and uh, language that says, I'm not going to talk about this. And then you talk about it. Well, how do I know you're not fucking the gardener? Uh, that's possible. But back to the penis slapping case, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't you, I mean, isn't, un- we don't, may not like Jamie Foxx that much, whatever. Isn't it, un- isn't this completely unfair to a dude like 16 years later to say that he did something to you that cannot be proven or un- disproven and it can't even be adjudicated or investigated by the police? Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to him. Yeah. And, and if it was, I mean, maybe if it was something more serious, it's just silly. The whole thing is silly. Like, I mean, if. Here's when know. I realized Jimmy Fox was gay. I'm going to tell you my story. <laughs> and no, he didn't. He didn't, uh, didn't do anything. Didn't do to me what Anthony Bourdain did, did to pigs. Um, I used to work in a building in Hollywood and uh, Jimmy Fox had a production office in there. He was never in there. I don't know what it was for, but he had a production office in there and he came like once a month to visit. And when he came. He would come to the building like in a ca- in like a convoy of like five Range Rovers. So five Range Rovers would pull into the like the, the gar- underground garage, of course block everything, not park anywhere. Probably tip the valets a couple hundred bucks or whatever. And he would go upstairs for like a half an hour meeting or whatever the fuck he was doing, pretend he was a, pro- a producer. And out of the Range Rovers would be like fifteen hot, like mostly black, some white models, who just stood around like in heels. They're all like six feet tall and just like stood around like. In the in the lobby in the in the garage. That's gay shit. Yes, that's the gayest thing. That's the biggest. I was thinking like like how hard do you have to cover that you're bringing along models who, by the way, you're not obviously having sex with all of them. So you're just bringing models. It's like eleven o'clock in the morning. You're just bringing models with you in your entourage where you go. Who are taller than you, by the way. Who are taller than you, and obviously are are like twenty year old out of work at, at models who you're paying like you know whatever per day to hang out in your entourage. And they're just there just to let people know, oh, Jamie Foxx here. Look at all the hot women. <laughs> yeah. He's gay. That's super lame. My <laughs> buddy told me that um, – I can't say who told me this, but rest assured it's a, it's a very true story. He had the same uh, limo driver as Will Smith. Uh-oh. And so the driver told him – You may say this. 
<laughs> that Jada Pinkett and Will Smith were in the same limo. Yes. And Will Smith paid a guy to jerk off on his face. Not Benny Medina. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know enough about it, but I, the the guy is a friend of mine, and I I believe it unequivocally. That was my uh, my my uh, proud of my joke this week when uh, Willow Smith, the daughter, was interviewed, and she was talking about how she walked in on her parents having sex, and I wanted to know wh- who they were having sex with. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it goes. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt, we got an email, or last email today from Amy. She wants you to apologize again. I love when people ask you to apologize. Uh, Amy says, Kanye West album, album Yee, by the way, Yee, Y-E, debuted at number one again on the Billboard charts. Uh, it, can Matt admit that Kanye is a marketing genius and isn't at an a-hole? Isn't Matt an, oh, isn't Matt an a-hole for disparaging the guy constantly? Yes, yes, the answer is yes to that question. Will you admit now that Kanye is... All the shit about Trump and I don't know, even the shit he said about slavery, which was just blatantly, horribly ignorant and racist. He has figured out, I mean, I always go back to Madonna, like in the late 80s, who would like, she could not, no matter how stupid her shit was, it sold more records. Because she could just figure it out, like, if I just do, like, have a guy spank me with the riding crop and just talk about how, you know, how groundbreaking this is, I'll get 20 million more album sales. And it worked. And at the time, I remember thinking, like, God, this is a dumb, who are these dumb people? But Kanye's tapped into the dumb people as well, and he realizes what it takes to, to get them to buy his album because every album he has hits the top of the charts. Are you ready to apologize, Matt? Uh, I mean, I never claim that he wasn't... His music sucks, so that, that's, that's, my, that's my whole claim. Um, he's not talented, especially talented. Um, so I guess the only question is, is he doing this on purpose? Yes. And do and you? I don't know. Really, uh, I would I would lean towards yes. Well, he is, did come out and say he's bipolar, which throws a little a little monkey wrench into the works. They but may it's not so know calculated, it. like you said, like the playbook. Yes. And at a certain point, and like he's convinced people. Like I'll be talking to some normal guy. He's like, you know, but Kanye is a genius. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Do you just repeat things that people say to you? Like based on what? Based on what? College dropout? Yeah, like, he was a pretty good rapper. Yes. But so if I just call myself a genius over and over, does, should I start doing that? Like, I, I got in a fight with some Rose McGowan defender because she was commenting on Middle Eastern affairs. And I pointed out that she actually never went to high school. <laughs> you know, she was raised in a sex cult herself Yes, in, in, in Italy. And she did, like, a year of, like, school in America. She did, like, four months of high school before she dropped out again and went to, like, modeling or whatever she did. And, I, and someone was saying, like, they, people always say, like, well, an education doesn't define how smart somebody is. Like, LP, I know a lot of people who have, like, six degrees, and they're the dumbest people I know. And I, like, I agree that there are a lot of people that have college degrees who are stupid or have even advanced degrees and are not very intelligent. But generally, like, the 2% of the population that can't get through the freshman year of high school are just not smart people. <laughs> it's just not. There aren't like hidden geniuses in that group. Yeah, it's both just, things can be true. It's just not the way it works. And and you can be not super intelligent, but if you if you receive a doctorate, that means that you're probably at least average. You probably read a few. Do- you probably read a little bit. I don't think Rose McGowan <laughs> no. could get a degree in anything because no. I think she's dumb. She doesn't have. She doesn't have a high school. She honestly did not finish her freshman year of high school. And again. 
I would say, I don't know, what, 99.9% of people who stopped at grade nine in education are just not that smart? Yeah. So is she the one exception? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. So like, yeah. yeah, if you're saying like, oh, listen to the guy with the graduate degree over the person who doesn't have one. Okay, I can see that argument. But like, listen to the lady who like at 14 dropped out of school and went to become a model because she was attractive and that's all she could. That's all she could do on on her views on the sh- on Shia law, Sharia law in the Middle East and the battles of the Middle East. Right. I mean, because there's there's such a thing as there's obviously super intelligent people that drop out of school. That you know they're autodidactic. But if if but do they drop out at 14? No. No. And if you're like a Kardashian and you just never, you essentially don't even have a second grade education. No. Um, so unless you're reading a lot, which I guarantee you is not happening or hanging around really smart people also is, not happening no um i have zero respect for anything you say yeah you could have i would say you have common sense like does kim kardashian know how to, like does kanye know how to sell records yes does kim know how to sell lipstick yes she does she she's, has an innate sense of how to do that do you think kanye by the way really likes trump no but i, I mean so. you can train a, a dog to do these things i mean I wish I could train my dog to be on top of the billboard chart. I saw, when Kim Kardashian c- scored a meeting with Donald Trump. They're using Trump, right? Yes. <laughs> which, is a, which is amazing because he doesn't give a shit. I went back and revisited her porno tapes. Yes. Oh, good, good research, Matt. Not a sex tape, by good the re- way. Good, re- good a, research. A, a professionally filmed porno. You do the research, the hard research here. So man. I'm like looking at her butthole on film mm-hmm. or video, I guess. And... Uh, None of it made sense to me. Mm. If you were in the Sudan with Anthony Bourdain, you'd have to eat it. <laughs> She's got, well, look, there's a lot of whoring naked women on Instagram that don't make $50 million a year. So she got something going on. Kanye's got something going There's some, there is some genius, not musically, but there's some business genius to what he's doing because there are so many goddamn rappers today in this day and age. Just look at TMZ every day. You'll see 10 different guys you never heard of getting arrested yeah. or having battles with one another. Somehow, every time he has a new album out, once every other year, it breaks number one on the Billboard charts, and he makes a shit ton of money. And it's not. And by the way, the people who are buying his records are not guys who like Trump, and they think Kanye is a Trump lover, and therefore they're going to buy his album. It's the same. No, they're just people that heard Kanye somewhere in the yes, ether. Yes. And then, yeah, they buy it. You can't go wrong. Are you going to apologize to Kanye now, Matt? No, he, and, he and, and I, I, would, needs, I would also like, and, and this isn't a, a racial thing whatsoever, but. It's very, very weird statistically. So, how many sisters are in that clan? Five, or five of them. I think? Uh, there are three from the original dad, and then there's two more from uh, uh, Caitlyn, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. So, five and a brother. Yes. And they all only have sex with black dudes, including the brother. Okay, so Armenian, you're not black. No. And I'm not judging if you have a preference for black guys, but what are the odds that six people only fuck black people? Uh, statistically, I figured it out to be one in 72,000. <laughs> I actually did the math at one point based on the population of the country. Now, admittedly, they live in Hollywood and they travel in entertainment circles where there's a, the popula- percentage of black guys is much higher than the average in the United States. Yeah, but... So they're around, they're around lots of celebrities and lots of uh, athletes and stuff like that where there are much higher, but I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I think it's. I, I don't think, think there's like a conspiracy involved, but it it seems like it's odd. It's very odd. That's all I'm saying. If I was a, a black person, a, a black activist, I'd be very upset by this. I think the even the appearance of it, 
it looks as if they are emasculating black, choosing black men to hype themselves and then emasculating and injuring these men. That's what I think. Exploiting and, and, them. And also, Rob, and this got no... And they're not, by the way, they're not smart black men. These are you know, dumb, no, younger, troubled, 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 very troubled black men. Yeah, younger. Like Lamar yeah. Odom. They're not banging Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, or. no. But they're also like guys like Lamar Odom with drug habits and other, right. other lots of issues. Because Rob Kardashian, I guess this will be the next thing I have to write about, but Rob... Um. Uh, so Black China. Uh, Black is in her name, by the way. <laughs> yes, just to remind, she was just uh, to remind you after her skin lightning cheating on him with some some other guy, and so Rob Kardashian, I believe, released his own emails or whatever, but they were hacked, which I'm starting to not respect that term whatsoever. Anyway, so in the email, he's like, "Yo, nigga, don't fuck with me, nigga," and he says he says "nigga" with the a over and over. Yes. It's like. You're not black. Like, you don't get to do that. No, I don't think so either. Do you think if I, if I called another guy nigga, do you think that would fly? I, I, among the people I know, the black people hate the Kardashians, <laughs> uh, women especially, for this very reason. Uh, so I think it's just a disturbed family. But will you also admit they're marketing geniuses, Matt? Well, again, I don't know if it's if they uh, engineered this or if they're just being used by the powers that be. I don't know. The powers that be is her mother, by the way. She's got to be smart. She uh, she put up with she put up living with the guy who was going through her closet and taking female hormones for twenty years to make herself really rich. She seems like a very sinister a very sinister influence on the entire family. All right, Matt. Our final segment today, which we found only on Patreon.com, for you uh, high paying dollar fifty pay patrons, you son of a bitches. Well, what is it? How much does a pack of smokes cost now at, at the store? Like eight bucks? I would say probably with the taxes and stuff, like eight bucks. For buck fifty, you can get on Patreon to be a, a, a patron of the Last Man on Earth, and smoking is really horrible for you. Anyhow, you should quit that stuff. Uh, go smokeless. I don't understand the correlation. Sorry. Well, I'm just saying, dollar fifty is not a lot of money no, for a month for a whole month of for a whole month of entertainment. That's all I'm saying. Put your get your priorities straight. You can't get anything for buck fifty anymore. Even, I agree. The, even the dollar menu at McDonald's costs you like a buck fifty now. All right, Matt. That's the end of our show. Do you want to wish to pimp and promote something this week? What do you got going on? Uh. Nothing. I'm working on a feature film. I guess next week I'll update on, on that. Will you be wrestling uh, toddlers again, as you did in the last film? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it's um maybe I shouldn't say it's about a so everyone uses Uber, right? Uh, they do, especially if they like to get raped. Right. So it's like you're basically getting in a stranger's car, and you have no idea who this guy is. Yes. So it's like a horror movie about... Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, it's scary because it's true. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of creepy dudes in Uber. And Uber doesn't seem to be doing much of a... They do like a two-year background check. Like, we're going to check what you've been doing for the last two days. Oh, you're clean. You're good to go. But is it scary? Like, if you're in a cab... But you're Remember, not, you, don't, you don't get scared personally when you get into Uber or cab because you're a big dude, right? I'm not afraid of anything. But no. if I if it was 2 a.m. and I was drunk and I was a 100-pound girl... I might yes, of course bit. you would. I would never let... Uh, uh, my daughter, is a woman I care about, go alone in an Uber. Yeah, you'd be insane unless you knew the Uber driver and you was repeat. I'd never just call some guy named Slovakian and let him pick up. <laughs> like, but why is it different? So say a yellow cab when we used to do that. Yeah, which I had to take one by the way because I lost my phone. Yes, and it was incredibly cost prohibitive. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ten times Uber. Yeah, basically for a car that's shittier than the Uber car. Essentially, yeah. Um, but so why would we trust that guy more than 
a random guy. Like, I, well, they I'm been, almost they got, inclined that I would trust an Uber driver more in the cab. To get a hack license is a little more difficult. Is it? Yeah. So you have to go through m- more screening. Uh, they all seem like they're crazy fuckers, but they've all been screened pretty hardly. And also, by the way, that's their career in life. So they're much less likely to fuck up what they're here for in this country to do, right. which is feeding their family by doing something. It, it, very rarely there's violence by taxi drivers. My friend got in an Uber and the Uber guy rear-ended someone. Yeah. And the guy just sprinted away and was never seen again. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, there was a time when uh, I went uh, traveling to Chicago, New York, and the taxi drivers were all telling people got in the taxis that Uber drivers are all rapists <laughs> because they were, spreading that, they were spreading that message. Little did we know, little did they know they're onto something. I want to give a shout out to Brian, uh, who was not here today. Brian is pursuing his radio career, his radio announcing career, baseball and radio announcing career. He'll be the next Vince Scully, which means he will be an okay announcer who's beloved by everybody. <laughs> beloved by everybody. Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll definitely see him again at some point. Uh, we'll definitely see him again. Although after dropping the pizza, that might have been the <laughs> that might have been the that might have been the final straw. Ice Last Man Earth. Catch us up on Patreon.com. Last Man on Earth. Uh, check out TerribleWords.com. Read MattRalston.net. Stay informed. We'll talk to you next week. Last Man on Earth. <laughs>